Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a show on sibling loss, which I know is dear to your heart, and we've got a great guest, and it's going to be a very interesting show. Would you like to introduce her? By the way, she's one of our Open to Hope authors. (laughs) Yes, Mom, as you said, she writes for us for Open to Hope, so go and please look at what she's written and read it. Her name is Susan Casey. We are going to talk today about mining for joy in the river of grief, and Susan is a licensed mental health clinician. She is the author of a book called Rock On, Mining for Joy in the Deep River of Grief. And as you said, mom, she's a brief sibling who lost her beloved brother, Rocky, in 2014. His name is Brian, but he goes by Rocky, and he was the inspiration for the title of her book, Rock On, Mining for Joy in the Deep River of Grief. And unfortunately, Rocky died overseas of a virus. So welcome to our show, Susan. Thank you. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I would like you to tell people a little bit about what happened with your brother. My brother was 43 years old and he was um, quite a leader in the spa industry and worked for four seasons. Um, And he lived in Bali, Indonesia for several years. And then he ended up going over to Hong Kong. Um, He was going to start with another five star resort and, um, uh, to open up hotels and uh, in the spa part of that for hotels um, over in Asia and he tacked on a vacation with his wife and three and a half year old daughter and uh, when he was flying over there he ended up getting very sick um, and then he ended up having a couple of seizures and ended up being hospitalized. And so from the day he was hospitalized in Hong Kong to his death was three days. It was very sudden, it was very tragic. Um, and it sort of launched this uh, nightmare, nightmarish um, course of events that happened for me and my family after his death. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you coped with it with your how you got through it and what your belief is about strength-based work so yes i am definitely a strength-based practitioner i've been in this field for 25 years and um, i have done a lot of work around writing through trauma i've done a lot of volunteer work with kids in juvenile justice facilities Um, also with therapists i've created courses on um, teaching them some writing prompts, things like that to bring to their own clients, because we know there's a lot of research on writing through trauma. And so because I'm a strength-based practitioner, I believe deeply in positive psychology. And instead of writing through trauma, really thinking about um, asking asking yourself other questions of the strengths that we use to get through our traumas. So let me give you a concrete example. After my brother died, Um, It was such a very dark period of my life. And the way that I make sense of my world is to write through it. I had started a blog and really chronicling my grieving process. And when I was writing 
the book, which I didn't know, um, it took me several months to realize I was going to write a book on grief and, and interview people all over the world. And what happened, I got very bogged down in the darkness of the stories and it just felt like one death after another. And I just thought who was going to read, want to read a book like this. And so the more I wrote and the more I healed, um, I really started to see the lightness and the hope in the stories. Uh, which resonated with the strength-based part of me. And as I started to see the hope rise um, out of sort of the darkness of these stories, uh, there, there was more of a lightness to me. It took me three and a half years to write the book, but there was much more of a lightness in me as I got to the end of that journey, which again sort of punctuated this whole belief around writing through our trauma and writing through our grief and writing through our loss because we are able to process, I think, in an entirely different way, which, which allows us to see things in a different perspective. Because I think after a deep loss, we can get into such a tunnel of darkness that we really, I think it's, I think there's a terror that, that we will never feel better or feel any joy again. Um, at least that's how it was for me. Um, and so as I was able to move through this, like I said, this very dark period, I really could see the light at the end of the, the oh, tunnel. The writing takes you towards light because you can it's, see, you know, that, that you're doing better. When we write, um, you're exactly you, you know, you're exactly correct that you can go back and you can see how far you came. You know, if we're on a weight loss journey, we see that by the scale, right? And we can see that through pictures. But I think that when it's an emotional journey, um, that I think it's much more difficult to be able to sort of see how far we've come if we're not chronicling that in some way. Um, because our emotional healing can really take time and sometimes they're just teensy weensy little baby steps and so you know after a year um, and that is exactly what happened to me I could see the progress that I was making it was a long journey I mean I don't think we ever fully I think we learned to move forward with our loss and we sort of weave it into the fabric of our life um, but I don't think it's this sort of oh I have healed from my grief uh, you know and I and um, but I certainly think that we can take that love and that loss and really create something really amazing on the other side when you take those energies and 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 transform it. Were you surprised by anything you know that you experienced after a sibling loss? I mean, given that you kind of had worked in this field and worked with people that have had losses. Was there anything that surprised you about your own experience? Yes, um, I've had a bunch of nicknames in my life and my my maiden name was Hathaway. I was happy Hathaway. I was, uh, I, I am definitely the glass is half full. I think that what surprised me and I would say terrified me and I've got chills talking about this right now. I could probably cry is how frightened I was of how, of the dark place that I was in. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, and it was so frightening that I, I really masked my pain very well. I did not share the depth of my darkness uh, with the people closest to me in my life um, because I am the one who 
pulls people up. I'm the one who inspires people and gives them hope and things are going to be great. And, um, and that is not at all how I felt. In fact, I left my corp. I, I was, I left my, my job. Um, I, I didn't know what to believe anymore. And I, it's, it's exactly why I had to start writing because I needed an olive branch. Um, and so that was the most surprising. I'll never forget four months after my brother died, how a friend of mine said, oh, I'm so happy that you're back to yourself because there's been so many things I've wanted to, you know, to share with you. Um, and I'll never forget that feeling because that was the other surprising thing. Um, I don't know what it was like for the two of you, but there was something about the four month mark um, there was so much to do after my brother's death. We had to fly to Asia. We had to come back and do his um, memorial service and write his obituary and take care of my parents. And that's the other thing about sibling loss. We just trying to stay strong for everybody in your world. And um, and so and so I think that four month mark, I felt like I hit some sort of a wall and it got way worse before it got better for me, way worse. I mean, I'll never forget a year out. I'm like, are you kidding? This feels like it's getting harder, even though it's not that acute grief. In some ways, it felt like it was getting a lot harder than better. And those things scared me. And I didn't know where to go with that. I did go to a grief counselor. I had to, um, but I didn't know where to take that. And you say you didn't know where to go with that. Where did you go? It sounds like you went to a council, you turned to writing. I did. You turned to I, writing. Yep, to writing and 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 um and to a grief counselor, but I felt like I was watching my parents. I have four brothers. One died, of course. Now I have three uh, living brothers. Um I think men and women grieve very differently. I I felt like our family had such a hard time being together and like talking about my brother. It was just, it was such a horrible time and no one prepares you for it. No one prepares you for the way that it impacts an entire family unit. Um, There were so many things I didn't know. Did you feel like society gave you validation and acknowledgement or did you feel like they minimized your loss as a sibling? Oh, I definitely think sibling grief is so minimized. I mean, I, I got lots of letters and cards and things from my girlfriends, but I don't think my brothers did. I don't think, I think it's, first, it's it's always about the surviving parents. And it's about if, if, if the sibling was old enough to have a family of their own, it is then about the spouse and the surviving children. I think, and the siblings are just like, you know, carry on, you know, I'm going to like hold my parents up and, you know, and uh, make, make everyone believe that I'm okay. And, and people say to you, you've got to be strong. She's who is going to be strong for me, you know? And of course I don't, you know, I don't say that out loud. Um, And you just, I used to just cry in those, you know, at the three o'clock in the morning when no one was with me. Um, So that's, your book, Rock on Mining for Joy in the Deep River of Grief. It's nonfiction. Oh. And um, and it's actually in the deep river of sibling grief. And I changed that title and I might have sent you the original okay. where sibling is, law, is, is not in that original title. But no, I interviewed uh, 27 siblings all over the world. You interviewed 27 siblings all over the world and got their, their experience with sibling loss. Yes. And, um, and yeah, and so the book is part memoir and... And then it and it transitions into these interviews 
the, in their, their excerpts um, from, from themes, you know, if we were dealing with anger or guilt, you know, just some of the main topics that come up around um, when we're grieving a loss. And it was powerful. It was, it's definitely the most, it's the most important thing I've done in my lifetime um, is write this book and, and share these stories. Because I think at the end of the day, in our life, in our purpose, I mean, the most incredible thing that we have our hearts to love. And I would never give that up um, with the amount of pain that we can feel because you can't have one without the other. And I think what makes us so human and unique is, our, is, is the depth that we can love and um, the depth that we can grieve. Yeah, absolutely. Our grief definitely represents our love. Yeah, definitely. And, and I would never give up love. So for those people out there that are really struggling, as you and I yeah. did initially, what kind of advice would you give them for those siblings out there? I would say everything that you're feeling is because of how much you loved your sibling who is a part of you. You're bonded by blood. You're bonded by being in the same family, whether you have an estranged relationship or your sibling was your best friend. No one knows you like your sibling. And I would say, I, I, it's easy for me to say, hey, let go of your guilt, let go of your anger, all of those things. But, you know, we feel all of those things and it's all normal and natural. And I will say this without a shadow of a doubt that your sibling wants you to celebrate and enjoy your life, but be so gentle and let yourself feel all of the things that you need to feel. Um, and I can't tell you, hey, don't hang on to it. Don't get stuck in that. But if you do feel stuck, get help. You know, whether it's whether it's through a priest or a therapist or a best friend or whoever it is, somebody you trust to share your feelings and your story, a grief group. Um, because I can tell you that you're not alone and you probably feel alone. But when you connect with others, um, there is something really beautiful that happens in that sort of being together in your aloneness. Um, because we can't escape this life without losing people that we love. Wow. Well, let's end on that note. That's a fabulous thought. Tell, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Where can people get your book? Uh, they can get it right off Amazon. So it's Rock On, Mining for Joy in the Deep River of Sibling Grief. And my um, website is SusanEKC.com. And on there, you'll also see that I uh, offer a online course on sibling loss. And so thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for being part of our Open to Hope community. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Susan, for building awareness for sibling loss. Your website is susanekc.com. Please go and get her book and listen to what siblings have said and are saying. Thank you for building awareness. I know that Rocky is your guiding light. So thank you, Susan, for being another part for sibling loss. Thank, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. 
You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.